2: Hi, I'm Gail. I'm not an ordinary girl because my whole childhood was spent in my grandfather's farm. My parents were very busy with work and thought the city wasn't a good place for a young child. They took me to my grandparents. When I was six years old, my grandmother died, and I stayed with my grandfather. I loved life in the farm. There were a lot of animals there, cows, chickens, horses. Besides the fact that I just loved animals, I also loved taking care of them, especially taking care of the horses. I loved washing them, combing their manes, and also riding them in the evening evenings. You're probably thinking, what about school? I didn't go to school. My grandfather taught me everything. He taught me to read, write, and count. That was enough for me to live well in the farm. But when I turned 13, my parents decided that I should go to school after all. They weren't opposed to me going to college in the future, but it was clear that without a basic education, I wouldn't get in. I was transferred to Blackfield. It was a very ordinary school. The first day, I didn't know where to go. So many people and no one wanted to help me understand and navigate in a new place. I felt like a kitten lost in the woods until I met Karen. She turned out to be a very sweet and kind girl and told me all about the school, the teachers, the schedule, the unspoken rules, and the hobby circles. Is there anything about animals? I asked. Yeah, the nature club. They meet in the basement, Karen answered. I ran there hoping to meet my soulmates, but how disappointed was I when I saw the only guy in glasses and a plaid shirt. He was watching a cat on a tree, taking a picture of it from time to time. I walked up to the guy and greeted him quietly. Hi, I'm Gail, the new student. What do you do here? He replied, I'm Simon, nice to meet you. I'm waiting for Jaden. He has to bring me one thing, and in the meantime, photographing a cat for my photo collection. I wondered who Jaden was, and what kind of thing he's supposed to bring. The answer was not long in coming. A very handsome guy with blue eyes came down to the basement. Hey, Simon, I brought your flash drive, thanks for helping. I couldn't take my eyes off the stranger. I could imagine how ridiculous I looked. Simon said, Jaden, this is the new student, Gail. Gail, this is Jaden, the head of the class. It can't be. I've read in books and seen in TV shows that the class president is always very popular at school. All the girls fall in love with him and he doesn't notice anyone around him. But Jaden suddenly came up to me and asked, Hey, are you doing anything today? I was stunned. No? Why? I got two tickets to the local zoo. We should go. Oh my god, is this a date? At the zoo? Jaden met me in the evening after class, and we went to the zoo. It was my first time to see lions and giraffes and tigers in person. But as always, it was the horses I was most interested in. I saw so many of them. While I stared at the horses, I was mesmerized. Jaden went to get some cotton candy. It was very pleasant that he decided to court me. Do you like animals that much? Yeah, I spent my whole childhood with animals in the farm. I love them, especially the horses. Jaden sighed sadly. I wish I had your love for biology. What is it? My parents want me to be a vet, and... I'm not attracted to it at all. I bring nothing but failures. That's why my parents forbid me to do what I love. What's that? Dancing. I love breakdancing. For me, it's the magic of the mood conveyed in motion. And it turns out I don't do breakdancing or biology. I could help you with your homework. Really? That would be awesome. We didn't waste any time and went to Jaden's house. Zoology is very simple. We finished the assignment quickly. It was time to go home. On the doorstep, the boy suddenly kissed me. I melted and glowed with happiness the whole way home. We started doing homework together, and then we were heading out on a date. I never imagined that I could be so comfortable with someone other than horses. I thought that after a childhood in a farm and a complete lack of interaction with other children, I could hardly find my place in society. But I got used to it surprisingly quickly. It was because Jaden was there. I was the center of attention with him. One day at school, I met Karen. She was with some guy. She was handing out flyers for a party. I don't remember what the party was about, but the flyers promised a huge crowd and a mega-cool dancer. I had no doubt that Jaden would call me, but that day, he was in no hurry to see me. I hadn't gotten to see the reptiles with Jaden at the zoo, and I'd been dying to go to the exhibit, but I was just as excited to be at the party with Jaden. Simon spent the whole day showing me pictures from past shows. The pictures were really cool, but I couldn't think about the animals, because all I could think about was Jaden. I didn't even notice when Simon left. I was so wrapped up in my own thoughts. Finally, my boyfriend decided to make time for me. He sat down next to me with a droopy look on his face and sighed heavily. What's the matter? I wanted to invite you to a party, but... My parents said I wasn't working hard enough on my grades to have fun. That's why you have to go alone." I didn't feel like it. I knew I would be lonely and bored without Jaden. We said our goodbyes. I went home and locked myself in my room, completely despondent. Suddenly, the phone rang. It was Simon. After listening to my sad story, he told me that dancing and loud music would cheer me up better than lizards and the empty room of course he had a point simon came to pick me up an hour later i was speechless when i saw him in high school the guy seemed uptight but here he was suddenly open and sweet we talked about my childhood in the farm on the way to the party about his passion for photography and animals (laughs) i had completely forgotten about the bad mood what kind of guys do you like Mm, the ones who genuinely love what they do why do you ask Oh, nothing. We approached the house where the fun was supposed to take place. The walls were literally shaking with loud music, and the windows were glowing with all the colors of the rainbow. I'd never seen so many people before. Some were singing along to their favorite songs. You could see all the action going on in the backyard. When we got to the center of the party, we noticed that there was some pandemonium on the side. I decided to see what was going on, Barely squeezing through the crowd, I saw how some guy in a mask was breakdancing. It was unforgettable. I imagined Jaden in his place, doing some somersaults or standing on his hands. Suddenly, the dancer looked right at me and froze. I even thought it was Jaden, but that's silly. He should be home by now. The guy continued dancing like nothing had happened. I decided to find Karen to find out from her who the masked stranger was. Almost half an hour passed and I still couldn't find my friend. Suddenly, I saw the same guy who was greeting people in the school with her. Hey, do you know where Karen is? I saw her go up to the second floor, look up there. It was really crowded inside the house. I felt like the whole school was there for one reason, to keep me from finding out the truth. I quietly went upstairs. I peeked into one room and there was a big group playing a board game. I peered at the faces, but I couldn't find Karen. But when I walked into the room across the hall, I immediately froze on the doorstep. Jaden was sitting on the bed wearing that dancer's costume. Karen was sitting next to him, holding the same mask. They were both sitting closer than maids were supposed to be. So, he lied to me. He lied about staying home, but he'd gone out to have fun, knowing I wasn't going anywhere without him. I didn't know what to do. Jaden? The guy turned around and suddenly rolled his eyes. Not now. Get out and close the door. When he saw me in the crowd, he knew he might get caught. But apparently, he was so sure of himself that he didn't even bother to leave. He didn't care about me. I wanted to fall to the ground. I started crying. My legs began to shake, and I slumped into the first available room and laid down on the floor. I curled up into a ball, sobbing at the injustice of the world. But my crying was interrupted by a familiar voice. Why are you crying? It was Simon. Jaden's in the other room, alone with Karen. I thought we were in a relationship. We saw each other this afternoon, and he said his parents wouldn't let him go. Gail, Jaden is the meanest, slippiest guy in our school. Remember when we first met, he gave me back my flash drive? Well, it had biology homework on it that I had done for him. He paid me, but when he met you and saw your love for animals, he knew he could just take the opportunity and get his assignments for free. Making you fall in love with him was enough for that. The money that he paid me, he could now spend with greater benefit and pleasure. Is it possible to use people? Alas, of course it is. I walked over to Simon and hugged him. He was a little surprised, but he hugged me back. He decided to distract me by showing me the pictures of the animals on his phone again. It was only at that moment that I realized how talented those pictures were. They were both scary and funny. The man who took them clearly had a big talent. I suddenly felt the kindred spirit in Simon. It was only now that I realized that he all this time was the man who sincerely loves his job and gives it his very best. There was no point in staying at the noisy party any longer. After a few minutes, Simon was walking me home. I kissed him as we said goodbye, and he blushed. I gave him his first kiss. After that night, Jaden and I broke up no one else could help him with his biology he failed the exam and his parents sent him to military school as punishment simon and i on the other hand are still together we graduated high school together and went to prom together we went to the same college to study veterinary medicine and got our red degrees we even got married while we were in college and later we started our own family business we now own the largest veterinary clinic in the state We do what we love together, supporting each other in every situation, and recall how we met only with laughter. Have you had a sad experience in a relationship
3: Hello everyone, my name is Susie and I will tell you what it feels like to not taste anything at all. I never thought that that was possible in real life, but it turns out that it can happen to anyone. But first things first, it happened one spring day. My older sister and I were cycling in a park not far from our house. In general, I can ride a bike very well and apart from that, I have quite significant experience in it. I've been cycling since I was 6 years old but something went wrong that day i wanted to show my sister how skillfully i could get from the curb to the road on a bicycle but because of the wet road the wheels began to slip and my bike fell down along with me i could not manage to control the movement of the bike so i collapsed to the ground and hit my head on the curb really hard my sister melody immediately rushed to me but i lost consciousness i came to my senses a few days later in the hospital My head was bandaged, and there were a lot of censors and doctors around. My mom was also present, and when I opened my eyes, she couldn't hold back her tears. It turned out that I had quite a serious head injury, which really scared all my loved ones. That day, it seemed like the worst was over because I finally woke up. But in fact, my biggest ordeal was yet to come. My mom, being happy that I was recovering, wanted to feed me with some tasty homemade food. As soon as the doctors gave the green light for her to do it, mom rushed home to bake my favorite strawberry tart. And finally, the long-awaited piece of tart was in my hand, and I was eagerly taking a bite of it. But suddenly, I faced a terrible disappointment. I couldn't taste anything at all. Then everything was like what you'd see in a movie. My mom was sobbing a lot. Doctors were fruitlessly examining me and trying to find the reason for this. And I was crying into my pillow every night so that no one could see it. It turned out that when I fell down and got a head injury, some neural connections in my brain were damaged and I lost the sense of taste. Doctors were shrugging and saying that it would take some time and more thorough examination was required. Although, since then, a little more than a year has passed and I still can't taste anything. It makes my life unbearable and gloomy. I do not enjoy the food that I eat at all. As a result, I have a poor appetite. I lost weight and started having problems with my immune system due to the lack of vitamins. Doctors prescribe me a bunch of dietary supplements, which I always have to carry with me and take some of them on an empty stomach and others after meals. My classmates began to make fun of me because in the school cafeteria, I always had a pile of bottles with me, but then they found out that I couldn't taste anything and began to make experiments on me, adding a heap of salt or chili pepper to my food. My life began to seem dark and gloomy to me. I became more withdrawn and did not want to talk to anyone. There were days when I did not want to go to school at all and I came up with various pretexts to stay at home. My performance worsened, although before, I had always gotten good grades. In short, it seemed to me that the whole world was falling apart around me, and this was all because I had lost the sense of taste. At such moments, only reading could save me. I prepared a large cup of hot tea for myself, sat down by the window with a pile of books, and plunged into the unreal fantasy world to escape from my earthly problems. Yes, I did not sense the taste of tea, but it made me feel warm. Once, quite an ordinary morning began as always with the bullying of classmates, but suddenly something happened that deeply struck me. One of my abusers, his name was Michael, suddenly began to intercede for me. Before that, Michael was absent from school for several days. Why is he protecting me? What happened? Before, he used to mock me just like everyone else did. These questions were spinning in my mind like flies, but I couldn't find an answer to them. It even seemed to me that he had some tricky plan for me to get my guard down and then hurt me again three times harder. A week had passed since that day and none of my classmates were bullying me any longer. I was so used to being an outcast and a loser in our class that at first it felt totally weird that no one offended me. Later Michael came up to me and asked to go to the end of the corridor behind the stairs where it was possible to talk face to face where no one could hear us. Well finally I thought and followed him. Michael said that he had been absent because he had a sore throat, so he needed to take sick leave. When he was ill, he wasn't able to taste anything for several days, and during this time he understood how horrible my condition was. He felt ashamed that he had been mocking me and realized that it was not my fault that I suffered from this ailment. He asked me to forgive him and said that he knew how to help me restore my sense of taste, but for this he needed a little time. After this conversation, I started hoping that I would become like everyone else again. My mood improved, I began to smile more often, and I felt a desire to live. About a month passed since I had that talk with Michael, and he invited me to go behind the stairs again to have a word with me. There, he showed me a small vial with green liquid inside. When I asked what it was, he replied that it was a healing potion, which his grandma, who was a healer, prepared specially for me. Michael said that I should drink it exactly at midnight, and then immediately go to bed without talking to anyone. Although I never believed in healers, I did everything as he said. When I opened my eyes in the morning, I immediately rushed to the fridge to try something and see if I could taste anything again. The first thing I found was a watermelon. I eagerly bit off a huge chunk, but then I was disappointed because everything remained the same. At school, I told Michael that the potion had not helped me, but he comforted me and assured me that I had to wait and the effect might not occur right away. I fastened on the hope, catching it like a lifeline, and just started waiting. I believed with all my heart and soul that the sense of taste would surely return to me again. But soon a miracle happened. One of my classmates gave me candy. I took it reluctantly because I still didn't get any pleasure from it, but I didn't want to offend her. Without much enthusiasm, I unwrapped it and bit off a piece and instantly sensed the taste of milk chocolate in my mouth. I could not believe it and started eating more and more of it. Now, I don't know what helped me get my sense of taste back. This could be thanks to the potion given by the healer, my faith, or because of positive thinking. Whatever the truth, with the returning of taste to my life, it acquired fresh colors. I felt complete again. I wanted to study and achieve my goals. This situation showed me that those who we consider our enemies are not always soulless and cruel. Sometimes they're just ordinary humans who are under the thumb of others and they do not want to stand out from the crowd. Apart from that, I realized that not every diagnosis is a verdict. How important is your taste for you? Have you ever thought about its role in our lives? Share your answers in the comments. Click the thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel to stay with us. I later found out the full picture of
4: what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications, that I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little, though he was skeptical He didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly. And finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened. Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault! It's all you! Shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Here's what happened. About 10 minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, CAUTION, WET FLOOR. But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. (laughs) Poor guy, I thought, that must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? (laughs) Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys seeing me coming quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? (laughs) Well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild (laughs) scream. No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows, so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse, that's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then, maybe it was the magnetic waves, or the radioactive substances in the cake, but the following day, the first incident occurred. I hugged dad, as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached mom, a hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident, it was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me, I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Miss Misfortune, we won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time, and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me, I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door. Just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger, but I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself. (sighs) And that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me. So without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion, but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts. No one came within a few meters of me. Moreover, I noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers. I found out later that Mike and Dean were responsible for the boycott. Maybe it wasn't nice what I did to Dean, but I didn't want to hurt Mike. I guess that's how the hurt effect works. No one wanted to figure anything out. I was, by default, the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. (sighs) Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said. Children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would! There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, Hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again? I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day. Or the next day, my curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother. I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. (sighs) True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone, it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video and share it with your friends.
5: Hi everyone, my name is Caroline and I was homeless until the moment when billionaires took me to live in their luxurious mansion. Wondering how that happened? Stay tuned. One cold fall evening, I was trying to find money for food. Well, or just food, I didn't care. Ask me how it happened that I became homeless? Well, my parents died a couple of years ago, and I couldn't live in an orphanage because the local kids abused me. At one point, I ran away, figuring the streets would be easier for me. That night, I couldn't find a scent on the street and had already resigned myself to starving. Suddenly, I saw a well-dressed woman on her way to the supermarket. I immediately ran up to her and tried to steal her purse. Believe me, it wasn't my first robbery. The street dictates its own rules. However, at that very minute, some guy was right next to us. He pushed me away. Get lost, tramp, or you'll be in trouble. He threatened me with his fist. I didn't want to confront him and ran away well now i had no food and money but the next day i had a surprise the woman i was trying to steal from found me outside the supermarket handed me a full bag of food and a warm jacket thank you but why you're too good to me i tried to rob you i had tears of gratitude in my eyes i know you had to do it because of the way you live she smiled what's your name caroline And why are you on the streets at such a young age? I told her the story of my life. The woman wept and promised to help me. I expected her to give me some more warm clothes and a sleeping bag and lots of food. But what happened next didn't just shock me, it killed me. In a good way, don't worry. A woman arrived in a luxury car with her husband. At this time, I was eating a baguette, trying to stretch it out into the evening. Well, that's it, Caroline. You're coming to live with us now, said my savior and smiled. What? I was so shocked. I choked on a piece of baguette. A girl like you shouldn't be living on the streets. We want to adopt you. Is that what you want too? She asked. Of course I said yes. And who wouldn't refuse in my place? On the way, I was modestly silent and terribly worried. And when we arrived, I was speechless. Now I'm going to live in a luxurious mansion, like a real castle. I was incredibly happy, until I saw the guy defending my new mom. Oh, I forgot all about him. I bet he wouldn't be happy to have me in his house. Who the hell is she? He frowned at me as we got out of the car. Nick, this is your new sister, Caroline. We've decided to adopt her. Are you out of your mind? She's the tramp who tried to rob you, Mom. Nick, I get it, but it's my decision and your father's. We always wanted a second child, but you know yourself that we can't have any more. So get a normal kid from an orphanage. Nick, Caroline lives here now. Accept it, said the father sternly. Nick immediately calmed down. His father seemed to be an authority he didn't risk arguing with. The boy muttered something to himself and went into the house slamming the door loudly. Mr. and Mrs. Gilbert showed me my room, which I was absolutely delighted with. A huge bed, my own walk-in closet, lots of new and beautiful things, and a private bathroom. It's like heaven. I couldn't even dream of that. I immediately fell on my bed and cried with happiness. Now I had a home and a family. I'm not alone. But I was having trouble with Nick I tried to get through to him, but the guy was stubbornly ignoring me. But what pissed Nick off the most was that his best friend had found common ground with me. Brian was a nice young man. He treated me like a regular girl, even though he knew I was from the streets. He helped me study. When my parents hired teachers to homeschool me, he talked to me, and even taught me how to play PlayStation. And then one day, I overheard an unpleasant conversation. How can you socialize with that tramp? Nick asked angrily. She's normal. It's your sister. She's not my sister. She's the trash of society. I felt so hurt by those words. I couldn't hold back my tears. I went down to the living room and stared at a picture on the wall for a long time. I really liked the painting. I couldn't help myself, so I went and touched it. If you touch it again, you're out of the house. Nick threatened me when he came in. What? If I find you stole something or invited your tramp friends over, I'm not gonna be nice to you. I'll throw you all out. I don't wanna steal anything. For the first time, I decided to stand up for myself. I'm not what you think I am. And you'd know that if you weren't such a jerk. We would have kept fighting, but my parents came back. They gave me an expensive phone with a bunch of diamonds on it. Nick just snorted and went back to his room. And I was as happy as a baby. The next day, I decided to take a little walk. It was a beautiful day. I was listening to music on my phone when suddenly I was stopped by some vagrants with whom I used to feud. The thing is, I've always been on my own and a lot of people didn't like it. Seeing me in my new clothes and with a cool new phone like this, the tramps just jumped on me without a word, stealing all my money, phone, and even my new jacket. They did me bad and I sat down on the pavement and cried. How bad I felt. But then help came from somewhere I didn't expect. Nick was there. He helped me up and asked me what happened to me. When he heard about the tramps, he called his friends to deal with my abusers. Honestly, my heart almost stopped when Nick and his friends fought the vagrants. The guys took my stuff back and we ran from the cops, laughing for some reason. Nick, thank you so much. I hugged him you're the best brother ever the guy blushed and didn't say anything back but i wasn't offended because his actions were more eloquent than words when we got home mom was shocked to see a battered nick he brushed it off and said it was okay my father on the other hand was not happy about it the thing is my adoptive parents are billionaires and reputation is very important to them they were afraid of any scandal so they raised Nick in a strict manner to keep him out of trouble. Nick got very angry when his father told him off, so I decided to console my brother. As it turned out, it pissed Nick off that he lived in a rich family in the first place. You see, money is a weapon to reach some goals, but it's not about happiness. My dad wants me to carry on his business, and I wanna be a doctor, and we fight about it all the time. I even felt sorry for Nick even though I didn't understand him. He had everything since he was a kid, but he doesn't appreciate it because it's not money that matters to him. It's the dream. If he lived in the street, he'd start appreciating everything he has. But then I realized what Nick meant. My father had arranged a business meeting at home with his partners, ordering Nick to attend. I could see that Nick wasn't interested at all. He even got hung up on the phone a few times for which he received a stern reprimand from father. My father, very cleverly, without descending to insults, humiliated Nick. I felt really bad for my brother, so I stood up for him. Dad smiled at me and said that I didn't understand anything and that he knew better how to make his son happy and, more importantly, rich. Nick was touched that I stood up for him. And for the first time, he called me sister and hugged me. Thank you. No one ever stood up for me, he said. I believe in you, Nick. Don't give up. Follow your dreams to the end. But I didn't think my words would have that effect on him. The thing is, that night, Nick ran away from home. He left a note in the living room, saying he'd rather be lonely and poor, but happy and free. My parents immediately pulled all the strings to find my brother, and my heart froze with fear. What if something happened to him? Then it would be all my fault. I was the one who encouraged him to follow his dream. Idiot! My parents couldn't sit still, so they went looking for Nick too. It didn't take us long to find my brother. He was surrounded by a gang of vagrants who wanted to get back at Nick for the last incident. They wanted to attack him in a group. We jumped out of the car right away, scared off all the vagrants, and took Nick away. Son, that's not manly. You ran away like a coward. I ran away because I'm sick of you. I don't want to go into business. My goal is to help people and heal them." This argument went on all the way. At one point, Dad got so nervous, he lost control of the car. We hit a pole. Nick hit his head hard on the dashboard. My mom and I got scared. Dad seemed fine. My brother lost consciousness, and Mom immediately dialed 911. What kind of misfortune is following us? Luckily, Nick wasn't seriously injured but we were so scared for him. We cried in the room while they bandaged his head. I'm fine, don't worry, he smiled at us. It must have had some effect on my father and he mellowed. Nick, after all, was allowed to study to be a doctor. He was no longer bogged down with business meetings, which my brother hated so much. But there was another problem. You haven't forgotten about Nick's best friend, Brian, have you? Well, he confessed his feelings to me. I was speechless. I didn't see Brian as a boyfriend. He was a friend to me. Nick, on the other hand, was very concerned. He was against us dating. But why? Brian asked. She's my sister and you're my best friend. This is a bad idea. It wasn't so long ago that you didn't think of her as your sister. A lot has changed, Brian. I'm against it. I don't want her to be in a relationship right now and then suffer through a breakup or a fight. Caroline needs to study. Brian didn't like that then I had to get into a dialogue and explain to the guy that I wasn't interested in relationships yet. Brian got upset, but didn't insist on anything. Eventually I got used to the luxurious life, and Nick became not just my brother, but my best friend, with whom I could talk to about anything. I'm glad this family came into my life. It's because of them that everything has changed for the better. Would you like to live in a billionaire family? Write your answers in the comments, I'd be interested to read them. Also, don't forget to share the video with your friends. Bye!